GST e-invoicing, recent changes and the road ahead. In conversation with Pratik Jain, partner national leader, indirect tax, PwC India, and Prashant Agarwal, partner, indirect tax practice, PwC India, December 2020. E-invoicing will radically change the way tax is administered under the GST. It seeks to reduce the interface between businesses and authorities, improve data accuracy, enable higher levels of trust, and create new opportunities to revamp and automate laborious tax processes. Inevitably, however, every major change brings with it new issues and unknowns, including process and technology-related changes and a host of compliance requirements. At a recent India CFO Forum webinar, Prithi Chen and Prashant Agarwal of PwC India provided insights on e-invoicing and offered practical advice for CFOs. The case for e-invoicing. A key trend in recent years is the use of technology to widen the tax base and administer taxes. The government has now built strong capabilities in data analytics, allowing for deep insights on tax filings, enabling it to cross-check data and detect anomalies across various returns. Data analytics will only become more sophisticated as initiatives like e-invoicing get deployed. India has already implemented faceless assessments, which aim to reduce the in-person interface between businesses and tax authorities. The other big shift is the growing convergence between the indirect and direct tax administrations. The CBDT and the CBIC have signed an MOU enabling formal data exchanges. Going forward, transfer pricing audits may call upon GST filings and GST audits may call upon income tax filings. The primary objective of all these developments, aside from reducing evasion, is to make it easier to do business in India. Given that data generation and access are now real-time, e-invoicing and its subsequent integration with e-way bills will allow live tracking of sector-wise activity and data collections. Essentially, it will ensure that transactions between suppliers and buyers are registered and authorized on a government platform in a prescribed standard format. This should reduce instances of fraudulent input credits, fake invoices, and mismatches of data. It will also reduce tax evasion and improve compliance. Indicatively, it already appears to be widening the tax base. November 2020 saw 8.2 million GSTR 3B filings compared to 7.7 million a year ago. Starting with B2B transactions, e-invoicing will soon be extended to B2C and B2G transactions. Currently, it applies to companies with revenues exceeding 5 billion rupees, but the threshold will fall to 1 billion rupees effective January 1, 2021, and indications are that it may be extended to all companies from April 2021. Here, revenue refers to the preceding financial year and not the most recent financial year. Other countries have also adopted a staggered rollout, but India's relatively short timelines make it imperative for organizations to revamp their invoicing and payables processes quickly. The mechanics of e-invoicing. Electronic invoicing is a process of validating B2B and export invoices through a centralized portal. Taxpayers need to upload details of each invoice on the Invoice Registration Portal, or IRP, and obtain an invoice reference number, IRN, and a digitally signed QR code. These two data points are now required for an invoice to be considered valid under the GST. Suppliers input data on each invoice using a standard format. The portal validates the data and performs a duplication check to ensure that an IRN has not already been generated for that invoice. If a duplicate code is found, the portal blocks further processing. Otherwise, it generates a fresh IRN and QR code. The invoice information is forwarded to the GST network, or GSTN, which administers all GST filings and compliances. The invoice data is auto-populated into an organization's GSTR1 form. The data is also made available to buyers on their GSTR2 form. 
E-invoicing applies to taxable invoices, including export invoices, credit, and debit notes. It also applies to branch transfers between two registered units. However, it is not yet required for B2C transactions. It also applies to STPI, or Software Technology Parks of India units, but SEZs, Special Economic Zones, are exempt. The rationale is that the authorities can already track SEZ compliance by means of existing registrations. If a company has both SEZ and non-SEZ operations, e-invoicing will apply only to the latter. Firms cannot voluntarily start e-invoicing because it applies only to those whose GSTINs are listed on the NIC portal. Implementation focus areas. Output invoicing. One of the key focus areas for companies implementing e-invoicing is integration with the government portal. In the last two months, 85% of taxpayers have generated IRNs using some form of automation. Companies need to assess how their source systems or ERPs will integrate with the NIC portal. They can integrate either directly or via a third-party solution provider. However, in opting for the latter, companies need to consider not only how well their systems interface with the providers, but also factors such as latency, data accuracy, and validations. Some organizations, particularly those for whom B2B transactions are channeled through a dealership, will also need to integrate their handheld POS devices. The other focus area is to build in sufficient checks to avoid non-compliance, exceptions, and errors. For instance, while printing an invoice, it is possible to build in controls that say disable printing if an IRN or QR code is missing. A robust system should proactively make errors known to users before the invoice is committed to the NIC portal. Another important consideration is business continuity planning, or BCP. Since the entire process is technology-driven, there may be adverse situations where the integration, whether on the part of the third-party provider or the company's ERP system, fails. BCP should include the availability of offline utilities, post-restoration sync, and triggers for alternative arrangements for IRN generation. The government does not have a BCP in place for the NIC portal, so businesses must take into consideration its possible downtime when planning for exigencies. In an exceptional situation, the JavaScript object notation, or JSON file, which is used to submit information on the government portal, should be made available offline as a part of the ERP process or an external utility should be leveraged to capture the same information to use in invoices. At present, IRNs can be generated at any time without any time limit. However, the government had earlier stipulated a 48-hour window during which an IRN would be valid. This stipulation may well be revived in the future. It is also worth keeping in mind that invoice cancellation requires cancelling the related IRN, but this is allowed only within a 24-hour window. Organizations will need to plan for situations where an invoice needs to be cancelled more than 24 hours after its generation on the portal. Further, companies must validate their master data and ensure that their customer's GSTIN is correctly entered. If there are any errors, the IRN will not be generated. Since the NIC-generated QR code does not replace a supplier's signature, the need for physical or digital signatures continues. Lastly, to ensure proper technology adoption across the value chain, strong communication with customers and vendors will be critical. Procure to pay. The P2P process is set to undergo dramatic changes. When the applicability threshold falls from 5 billion rupees to 1 billion rupees, the reach of e-invoicing will greatly increase and companies will need to revisit their P2P and accounts payable or AP processes. Firstly, these processes must include the validation of QR codes and IRN numbers. Any document that either lacks or has an invalid IRN or QR code will not be considered a valid invoice. If this goes unchecked and the invoice is paid, then the buyer company will not be able to claim input credit, 
which could be 18% or more of the invoice value. This can severely impact a company's bottom line. It is thus imperative for AP-related personnel to be aware of the issue, to have the ability to validate codes, and to ensure that there are processes in place to deal with non-compliant invoices. The NIC has created an app that can scan QR codes and validate their details. However, no mechanisms exist yet to sync data from the app with ERP systems. Moreover, most companies do not permit the scanning of such data on employees' personal mobile devices. Thus, a solution is needed to enable QR code scanning, especially from hard copies, while determining its validity on a real-time basis, storing the data, and reverse integrating the details into the system. Next, companies should assess the measures they need to take to minimize vendor reconciliation issues. There are also considerations around integrating vendor portals and updating vendor master data. The vendor IRNs and QR codes, whether provided on the invoice or separately, should be captured in the ERP or in a separate repository. This is critical because, in the future, auditors or government authorities may conduct audits to seek proof of validity of invoices in IRNs. It is thus essential to keep a record of invoice details and the related IRNs, as well as their verification from the NIC portal. Whether e-invoicing applies to a particular vendor can be easily verified on the portal. Internal processes should also include actions to be taken on non-compliant invoices and vendor contracts, and one's communication protocols must include provisions for such actions. In effect, the entire P2P process will be impacted, right from vendor onboarding, determining which vendors require IRNs, to updating vendor master data, including specific clauses for non-compliance GRN invoice received, and invoice processing. This creates an opportunity to optimize the P2P function with more robust processes and technology. More broadly, the next few years will see a holistic transformation of tax functions. Many companies are exploring the option of centralizing their tax function within a center of excellence, or COE. The GST regime and the technology enablement it brings will only accelerate such shifts. Recent developments. Currently, the GSTN auto-populates GST returns using e-invoice data. There are provisions to overwrite the data if required, but only with additional reconciliation between the data provided for GSTR1 and the e-invoice. Since an IRN cannot be amended, data can only be amended in the GST returns, which may lead to data mismatches between invoices and returns. From January 1, 2021, e-invoices will be integrated with e-way bills to ensure no e-way bill can be generated without an IRN. Given that the validity of an IRN is only 48 or 72 hours, it is imperative to generate e-way bills within that time frame. However, this is not practical in several cases, such as where goods are dispatched a week after the issue of an invoice. Eventually, e-way bills may be phased out, but this can only happen if all stakeholders in the value chain transition to the e-invoicing system. In the immediate future, then, e-way bills will continue. Applicable from April 1st, B2C invoices will have dynamic self-generated QR codes. Implementation is being executed by the National Payments Corporation of India, NPCI, in an initiative similar to the Beam UPI. Certain guidelines have been issued on how the dynamic QR code will be generated and what information will be required respectively in terms of merchants, transactions, and customers. In the first phase, data related to merchants and transactions will be required, while the second phase will include customer data, but with consent from the customer. The NPCI is in discussion with banks and payment wallets to have them accept payments based on those QR codes as well. The way forward. Several important developments are expected in the e-invoicing space in the coming months. The government clearly intends to bring down cash transactions, and B2C QR codes are a step in that direction. 
the GSTN has also started providing data on imports, which in turn makes it necessary to reconcile import data with invoices and e-invoices. E-way build integration is likely to make ANX1 and ANX2 redundant, leaving GSTR1 and 3B as the primary returns. Certain changes to provisions under Section 16.4 on restriction on input tax credit may come into effect, and the government is also likely to strengthen its audit processes. On a positive note, the recent introduction of GSTR2B will help companies avail tax credit more efficiently. As e-invoicing starts to apply to the majority of businesses, it would be advisable to implement the necessary systems at the earliest and prepare for dynamic QR codes. Strong communication, both internally and with suppliers, customers, and other stakeholders, will become critical as output invoicing and P2P processes get amended. Finally, many firms may consider consolidating their compliance work into centralized COEs. Under the VAT or excise regimes, compliance was often consolidated regionally. However, given the GST standardization of processes and compliance, centralization may prove to be a better option.